Pretty good. How are you, man? Good. It's been a crazy week. You already know. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a, yeah. By the way, congratulations on your uh, graduation. Thank you, bro. That's that's the least that life could do for me. Yeah. <laughs> but today. Go ahead. Go ahead. I will say, yeah, life's like that, bro. Life is like that. But football is life. So I guess, I guess we should be talking about football then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, something, something, something crazy happened to me today. Yeah? I'm taking. I don't know if you saw my post on Facebook, but I'm taking care of my mom's cat mm-hmm. because she, she's going on some trip, and the cat got its head stuck in between a tile in my kitchen. Like, it, hurt, right? yeah, and I had to rip apart my my tile to get its, its head, uh, her um, her head out. I was, yeah, I was fucking. It's like a weird thing. And then I went to work, and I was just trying to think if there's any other thing that could possibly. <laughs> So it's just been a um, overall. It's been a really weird, um, you know, situation or just a weird day. Uh, as long as no one, nothing got hurt, you should be. No, no, I know everything's fine. It was just such a scary situation that subconsciously I'm just like being, uh, you know, whatever about all of it. Um, but anyway, um, sorry about that. My my um my dad just called, so that's why I was a little late on the uh, on the invite. Um, and I'm I'm walking outside. For, on this episode so <laughs> um anyway um th- this is uh this is episode number 34 and uh, if you want to fire it away uh we can do that sure let's hey guys back again with episode number 34 of the full play Facts podcast with elliot and let's just get right into it robert Lewandowski. it took him 90 minutes but he finally broke an ancient record held by the legendary guard ruler this, this decade has seen all of his legendary records go to, go to shame. First, it was the 85 goals in a year. Now it's the 40 goals in a Bundesliga season. I hope he has some records left by the end of this, this century. <laughs> but, Elliot, what did you think of, of the match? What do you think of Lewandowski's achievements? And what do you think of Boateng, Martinez, leaving this winning Bayern Munich side? All right, so, like... Um... With the record, obviously, it's we've talked about this in previous weeks. For him to finally do it, and we were getting a little nervous when he got injured because he was yeah. going to be out for four or five weeks, something like that. Um, and then he had that hat trick against Gladbach, and I'm thinking, Freiburg, this is the game. He's going to rip apart Freiburg because Freiburg are they're a good team, but not a team that's significantly pushing for anything, and they're not in front of relegation. And it's just one of those things where you just you just felt like that's the game. And he scores that penalty, and he has two, maybe three other chances where he probably should have scored, and it doesn't work out for him. And then I'm watching today, and Bayern are just like lighting up. Um, uh, who they even play? Uh, uh, it wasn't I don't Yeah, uh, no, no, no. Mainz played Wolfsburg. It was um, – oh, God, I can't remember. Um, it'll come to me. But anyway, they were, they were ripping they were ripping them apart. It was, it was like four – I think it was Wolfsburg. three or four. Yeah, there it is. Uh, three, three, four nil at halftime, but none of the goals were coming from Lewandowski. And then the goal that um, Coleman scored, Lewandowski tried to hit the ball late as it came to him because it like, hit off the crossbar and then it was struck forward, and it, it almost landed to him. And if he just got the slightest touch on the ball, it would have rolled in the back of the net. And then I'm thinking, you know, all right. And then the second half, it doesn't look like the goal is coming. And but still, amazing achievement to draw that record level is impressive in its own right. And then you come in, and then shot deflects, and it just lands to Robert Lewandowski. He goes around the keeper and bangs it in, and and that's that's 41 league goals in 29 games. Um, the only difference, like I think this is really impressive. Gedmuller had less penalties, but he also played more games. So it's I think overall it's it's an historic thing, and it's one of these players that I think. That we we kind of not paid attention enough enough to because of uh, Messi and Ronaldo. Messi and Ronaldo ruined Robert Lewandowski because this guy would have had multiple Ballon d'Ors. And as you said before, he's broken all these records that Müller has set. There there literally may not be much left in the Bundesliga um, hierarchy um, when he was retires because if he plays, I think, and I might be a little off of the math. If he has three more seasons or two or three more seasons that were similar to what he's done, not maybe this season, but what he has done prior, yeah. he'll he'll end up with more um, 
more Bundesliga goals than anybody in history. One of the greatest we've ever seen. Wow. Just in general, um, I think he's he's a lot higher on my on, on all time list than I think, uh, or he should be than people think. Because when you're when you when someone's playing, unless you're like a Messi or Ronaldo figure, people don't kind of think about where you would be placed. Um, but I, I think he's 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 in the Neymar bracket of maybe not you know all time. I'd say Neymar's probably still a little bit of a higher historical player. But he's in that sort of bracket, which is I have Neymar top 25. So Robert Lewandowski is, is in far off that. As far as um, the future of Bayern with all those players uh, not being, you know, going to be leaving, it's going to be a different. Uh, it's going to be a transition for Bayern. Alaba, Boateng, and others have been so important to that, that team and have won there. Alaba uh, specifically, who has a, who's been there for 13 years. So it, it was an emotional moment for all of those guys. And it's not just the Bayern ones, but everybody t- today. You saw Lars Bedner um, and Sven Bedner play the last game. Um, there was a, He got a penalty in the Leverkusen game, and the goalie just let him score. Uh, that was a really nice touch. And then you had uh, – there's just there's a lot of players today that, that are playing their last game. The, the, the one on Dortmund who played his, who's playing his last game as well, and it's just like – it was just an emotional day from – from all aspects of all of it. And, you know, it's just going to see, it's going to be interesting what Bayern Munich go do going forward um, with these absentees. And the players that, that are, are saying goodbye to Bayern um, in this year haven't been the most important, but I think in, in actuality, after the season, they're going to miss them um, significantly um, beyond this year. Just not maybe the individual stuff, but the leadership, the being part of that, that winning tradition and culture. It's just going to be different when, with them gone. That is true. Now, there's no doubt Lewandowski is the best striker in the world right now. Is he the best player in the world right now? <sighs> Probably is, but I'm not ready to go there yet because I think Messi, Messi and, ne- and Neymar still, to me, I think they're more irreplaceable mm-hmm. to a certain extent. I know, I know Le- Robert is very valuable to Bayern Munich. And he right. continues to be so. Um, but I think Barcelona, we already know that Barcelona's not a very good team. They're, they're, they're troubling without him. Uh, and then you look at um, Neymar, and Neymar's on a loaded team. But PSG just don't look the same when he's not there. Bayern Munich can operate on a high level, even without it, because they were, they were tied with them on, uh, on aggregate in the Champions League. You got the best midfielding, midfield pairing in, in world football. In my opinion, with uh, Gregetska and Kimmich, yeah. you have you have Leroy Sané, you have Serge Gnabry. On an individual standpoint, it's it, he it's close, but I, I'm just not ready to go there yet. But on a striking standpoint, it's not even close. Um, even though you know we love Harry Kane and Holland and all these guys, they're not even in the same you know stratosphere as, as this guy. So I think it's a conversation that we can have. But I, I still think Messi and Neymar more so than the Messi. But I think Neymar has a more compelling argument, considering how different PSG look when he is he, when he's on on his thing. If Neymar is healthy the, the entire season in the league in France, I, I don't think we have a title race this season, and that's the impact. Where Robert Lewandowski not being at Bayern, the the the, the difference is they don't win the Champions League. Yeah. So it's a hard thing to kind of gauge, but at this moment, I would still say that Neymar and Messi are a little better. I agree. I agree. Now I will say, especially I, I personally think if Argentina win the Copa America, Messi has a strong case for the Ballon d'Or just because he's been fantastic this year, even though his team has been crap. I'm just sorry. It's the truth. Seventy nine points. <laughs> They lost two of the most crucial games at home. Yeah. When Messi had that dinner to hype them up. I don't get it. But, hey, I don't blame Messi if he does leave this summer. I don't think it's going to happen, but no, he's a discussion for I, a little later. He, he came out, I think, today or yesterday about – he didn't say he's not leaving, but he basically implied he's not leaving. He said that the, the Copa del Rey win for him was a big turning point 
in in Barca's season and his future. So I don't know what that means, but I think that kind of means that he's not really looking to leave. Hmm. Do you think Do you think the addition of Aguero is for like friendship or for actual football? Because like I know they're tight off the field, and that Suarez leaving Barcelona is yeah. kind of like a like a little divorce, a mini "I miss you" kind of thing. Especially with especially with Suarez winning La Liga tonight. Do you think Aguero yeah. is just like a pen pal to Messi, or is he actually there to bring benefits to the team? I think it's a bit of both. Yes, we know how close those two are. Those are inseparable. You know, the, they text, they call, they're, they're very close friends. Not only that, their families are close. So it's obviously a good thing. And, and having a best friend on your team doesn't always work. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Um, so, I mean... It's hard to really say what the what the entire complexion of it is, but I would say that's part of it. But also, you can you can make the argument that Aguero hasn't played that much for for Man City this year, but still has qualities that he can provide at, at um, 32 years of age. So I think it helps um, it helps Barcelona, um, but I, I think that from from Messi's leaving standpoint, I think more than anything else, the, the winning the Copa del Rey to find his entire future and um, and season uh, just based on the fact that they had gone through all those different situations with the coach who I think Coleman, I thought should have been fired early in the year. I think he did a good job of, of kind of writing uh, the ship, at least to end the season. Um, and Aguero comes in and, you know, we'll see what happens. Is If Aguero can, can do kind of what Suarez did Atletico, then it's a great signing. If he can't, then Messi still has his, his, his buddy there. So it's it's a win-win regardless of it because they'll, they'll spend some more money and all that stuff. And I think it all depends on on what be able to get in the summer versus what Barca can get. And if, if Real Madrid can't get a, you know, a great white shark, if they can't reel one of those guys in, um, I think Barca will be happy with that addition and the, the transfer window that they'll have in general. <sighs> Speaking of Real Madrid... <laughs> What a disappointment. It was out of their control. I understand. I've been here so many times in my life where I'm like, one draw that became a win, and you have La Liga. You beat Atletico two times. You beat Barcelona two times. You lose La Liga. How on earth? That's one, that's three times four. That's 12 points that you should have ahead of your rivals. And yet, they counted for nothing. Because Ramjit couldn't beat Real Betis. They lost to some pretty embarrassingly bad teams. And honestly, as a Madrid fan, as someone who was disappointed by their performance in the Champions League, I was kind of hopeless win today, the win La Liga. But until the 87th minute, they were losing to VRL. Which, yes, they're in the Europa League final. I never forget those kind of things. But still, man, like if you're challenging for La Liga, you've got to show the world why you're a champion. And today... Had they actually won La Liga, I would have had doubts. Because the only way they would have won La Liga today is if Atletico drew or lost. So, what is your opinion? Did Madrid choke La Liga, or were Atletico just better? I, I think the fact that Atletico had a 10-12 point lead at one point just justifies that they were better. They just, I think Atletico for them, uh, and I think they're by far the best team in the league. So, I think the problem with Atletico, obviously they won the title, and that's great. And you know, I talked some smack about Diego Simeone this year uh, based on how he's been playing his, his superstar, but he seems to not understand that he's an attacking player that can score 20 goals a season and Wait, playing him in L.A. You're telling me Yon but, Felix is not a left back? <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't think so. That's not what he played at Benfica. Um, so I have, I have an issue with him on that standpoint, but only on that standpoint because uh, there's lots of ones said, if you have a Ferrari, you don't keep it in the garage. You know what I mean? You have to ride that thing. So so that's the issue I have with Simeone Atletico in general is he's had a great season. He's had an unbelievable season. His numbers don't say so, but his performances do. You could argue that he's a team of the season, at least on the bench type of guy. Um, but it, it's like – but you, but he, he has to understand that if he plays attacking football or a more attacking system, he goes loose and scores 20. He scores 20 goals um, this season – for any team that has attacking football. 
Um, but because of this, the, the situation and the circumstances of all of it, um, he wasn't able to. But but on the other side, he's done a really good job of holding on to this team and, and, and trying to get his team into the best position to win. And they've done that. Um, again, they kept their eye off the ball. They had some COVID cases. They kind of drive them out of the driver's seat, at least for the moment. But he held on until the end to win the title. So I have to give him a tremendous credit for that. Um, so I think I think overall, Atletico were the better team. And they have the best coach. So it's hard to to lose a title when you have a, a big lead and a coach um, that, that's better than the, than the two teams fighting in it. Yes, Real Madrid did choke for their standards and it's been a disappointing year for their standards i mean when your best player is like 34 years old um you have a problem and you know with barca they're just not very good so on all fronts i think real madrid should be extremely disappointed in how things have gone this year um and the champions league experience got them to the semifinal, but they did they did lose to shakhtar twice over two legs, they lost, you know, to Shakhtar. Teams like Roma beat them 5-1. So it, it, it just, it's just a little hit and miss, and it's a little confusing about what Real Madrid's plan is going forward. And if the plan is just sign Mbappe, that's not good enough for me. You need more structure than that, and, um, and so on and so forth. But, but I think they choked, but I don't think I – th- I don't think them choking cost them the title. I think Atletico kind of had it in their hands. Only the only thing that could have taken it from them is Leo Messi's unbelievable individual performance. But as as a team standpoint, I think Atletico Madrid are the best team, um, and I, significantly they just took their eye off the ball, and that's why it was closer than it should have been. They probably should have walked it, but you know they 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 just lost focus. Um, so I think that's what it came down to in the end, rather than Real Madrid choking. They did, but that's not the reason why they lost the title. I agree. I look at the clutch results. 1-0 at the Metropolitano. 0-0. They lost to Madrid both times. But if you're going <laughs> to... This might sound crazy. But there's this thing called momentum. Had Atletico beaten Madrid both times instead of losing to them, but lost to Barca in those one or two game fixtures, it would have swayed the entire pendulum of the season. So... Mm-hmm. The way Atletico structured their, like, final run, they choked in areas where they were allowed to choke. Madrid did not have that kind of window. Right after a classical, they go and lose to Betis. Always, always, always do that. In years past, Real Madrid would lose the league by a point or two to some amazing Barcelona sides. You remember the treble-winning one in 2015? Or in 2016, Real Madrid lost by one point on the final Mm -hmm. day. This Atletico... Forgive me. While they were very outstanding in the beginning of the season, they didn't look themselves towards the end of it. And Chelsea walked the park with them, just like they did with Real Madrid. I personally feel like Barcelona should have won La Liga had they had a, a competent player to play with Messi. And one other elite defender. They would have won the league. With Real Madrid, much more needed to be done. And with Athletic, in the absence of Barcelona's Barcelona-ness, that's why they won the league. I, I personally feel like any other Barca wins this league title. 86 points usually doesn't win you La Liga. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I think that's 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 feasible, but at the same time, I think it wasn't that Atletico Madrid weren't good. It was they just took their eye off the ball, and that's why the gap closed. Um, but you're right. If, if, if Messi had a complimentary star – you know, they probably would have won it. And again, I think Griezmann's done great in 2021. He's been phenomenal. Um, but if, if, if Griezmann had played like that from the beginning of the season to the end, you're, you're right. They probably would have would have won the league. But again, that's a first league title for Atletico in, in seven years or something like that. And that's, that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Go ahead. 2014. Yeah, okay. So it's, it's been a long time and I, I'm so happy for Atletico and the fans and all those players, and um, but I think there's you can say okay, Barca couldn't could have done this or that, or Real Madrid choked, but the real reason, in a sense, Barca gave the title to Atletico when they let Luis Suarez walk 
for nothing and score 21 goals for Atletico Madrid. I think in the end, that's the reason that Atletico Madrid became champions. Not not more than anything else. Because um, I wrote an article, this I think a week after Suarez had signed, and I don't remember the title offhand, but it was basically essentially why Atletico Madrid signing um, Suarez was going to lead them uh, lead them to uh, winning the title. So I think in the end, that's the key. In the whole La Liga race, it came down to Suarez, and Suarez delivered. And if he deli- like if if he plays for Barca and gets the same goals for them, then they win the league. It's just that simple. And I think Atletico Madrid uh, stealing Suarez is a big reason why they are they you know they end up with, with the title. I absolutely agree. I never in a million years thought they could win the league. I posted on my story once. Is this squad good enough to win the league? Yes, but are they going to? Probably not. It's probably Barcelona, as always. And it ended up not even being that. It was a Madrid derby title race for like two weeks. But those were the most important weeks. Now, we'll say, Barcelona never looked like champions. No, they didn't. Had they won the title, I would have felt really bad for the face of La Liga because it just goes to show that number one Barcelona are unbelievable if they can win the league with a crap team <laughs> which would have made Messi probably the GOAT which, you know like think about it like think about it you win the league with Real Madrid possibly stacked by the way a defending Real Madrid and that, that would have just been unbelievable I totally get why Messi wanted that but at the same time this Atletico team, I look at their structure. They lost Thomas Partey. Um, they have, it was it was what I was expecting. I just should have seen it coming. Veteran striker, young superstar, and a mixture of defensive plus discipline in, uh, in that team meant that they were, yeah. they, had, they had that extra bit. Like they were not as predictable as Real Madrid were. With Real Madrid, Vinicius, Asensio, and Benzema, Benzema, Benzema. With Atletico, you didn't really know who was going to score. Today, of course, Suarez gets on the score sheet. But it was Correa. And if not him, it would have been Coque. And if not him, it would have been, you know, Joao Felix. But it wasn't like your your marquee man, your Messi, your Ronaldo, your Neymar kind of guys. It was a, t- hey. it was a team team win. And that's what I love to see, even it is, if it is the arch rival. It is, it is a collective, though. And I think, again, I, I'm going to continue to criticize um, Simeone until he – until he understands that he's playing with, with a generation-type talent in Felix and not playing him in a position where he can be successful. That's still going to irk me to my very soul. Um, but I'll, I'll say this. The combination between Suarez and Felix, when, when Felix has been given the luxury to push forward and do what he does best, it's worked between those two. But it's not just those two. It's, it's the whole team as a whole. And that's why I think to a large extent – it, it really was influential in the whole thing work. Again, if you play a, a modified system where, where Felix can play more forward, then I think this is a much more dangerous team. And it's always going to come down to that because it seems like common sense. He's one of the best talents in the world, but nobody is been able, has been able to see that because he's playing left back and wing back in defensive midfield when he is a, a he is just a cutthroat attacker and he's not been able to do what he wants um because if you put him in that system he's a 20 goal scorer maybe not in the league maybe in all competitions but he could have got 15 16 17 goals in the league had that been their style um but the reason they worked is because everyone participated in it it wasn't just one player and it wasn't led by one superstar suarez is influential in the title one but he's not the only reason it happened and this is this is the same uh, philosophy and the same idea of why I think Russia in the in the Euros is one of those teams that could sneak up on people because there's not a significant superstar. They just play well as a team, just like Atletico Madrid did. And in the end, that's why they're holding the trophy. That is true. Think about 2014 Germany. I don't think there's a superstar in that team. We came to love Manuel Neuer, and. Thomas Muller because of that tournament. But those aren't names on the back of your jersey. Those aren't Neymar, Ronaldo, Messi. Those are great players, 
that play in great systems. That can play pretty much any system. Don't get me wrong, but they're not superstars. Yeah, in that in, in on that Germany team, maybe at that time, Thomas was probably the only top ten player that they had. Um, they had a lot of other great players, but they only had one that was maybe the, of the elite. Um, so I think that comes down to teams like that just tend to have more success when you're looking at teams with superstars but can't deliver the goods. Um, so I think it comes down to that and the way they it worked. But again, I still have issues with the way Felix was, was being played in this team. Now, I will say, imagine you're, you're a defender and your task is to mark Thomas Muller or Mark Hazard. Which is harder? <laughs> I think uh, Muller is that harder because right. he's a threat to do more than one thing. He is a threat to find space for teammates. I mean, he is the Bundesliga's top assist man this season, um, and he can score goals. Is he scoring goals all the time? No, but Thomas Muller can score from anywhere. But the difference is it's different than not being able to, like Timo Werner, with all due respect. It's more like he can score whenever he wants, and that's just not his role in his team, so that's why he does it. So because in the old days with Bayern Munich, when he was a younger player, he was a top, you know, he was a top five scorer in the league. And now he's the complete opposite. He'd have like 17 goals, three assists, you know, back in the day. And now it's the opposite. He has 17 assists and four goals. So that's his adaptability makes him impossible to mark. Well, Hazard, you know what he does. Even Hazard at his peak, it, he, it's difficult to mark him. But there's no – but you know what he's doing. It's, it's not – you're not going to be shocked by anything that he does because he's just something more a little bit more predictable. He's a – he, I mean, I guess he's a winger or whatever you want to call him. Very athletic, confined space, um, tight spaces, really well on counterattacks going forward, et cetera, et cetera. But as a defender, I know what he's going to do. Um can, is he still going to beat me? I mean, Chelsea, Chelsea Hazard, probably. But I know what he's doing. We're, we're Mueller, I don't got a clue what he's going to do. Because you could do so many – he does so many different things, and he's able to be effective in passing the, passing the ball and scoring himself. So in, in circumstances and moments, it's never a clear cut whether he's going to hit off a shot or find a teammate. Plus, one thing I do like about him – He's an assist. He's a pass-first player because he wants to be. This guy's a lethal goal scorer. Everyone knows it. But he's he sees more value in making Lewandowski the kingpin than he does sharing the top. Like they don't fight for goals. No. They're they're. I wouldn't say altruistic because Lewandowski, while he does have playmaking abilities, he's not as generous as Muller is. I'd like to say. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got what nine assists a season or something. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a good it's a good number, mm-hmm. but he's not going out of his way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he's more than just a goal scorer, and I think that's the thing people get confused with. He's he does more than just score goals. His link up play is excellent. His his distributing the ball is great. But the reason he doesn't get assists is he's distributing to someone that's then going to pass him the ball and then he's going to score a goal, <laughs> rather than distributing the ball to open up the play. I think that's the big difference. But he is, he's a complete striker. I wouldn't say he's the most complete, um, but he does multiple things well. But he's not, he's not passing it in the, in the way that Mueller does. Mueller is getting the ball out, and he's pushing Bayern Munich, allowing him to open up and be more effective. Where Lewandowski is basically giving his teammates opportunities and space to get him the ball uh, later in the play. I will say, Lewandowski is reminding me more of Cristiano Ronaldo every single day. Like he genuinely reminds me of the of the numbers, of the play style, of mm-hmm. the intent. Do you think that he can ever reach that kind of level? I mean, uh, last last eight last six years. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, Ronaldo's uh, Real Madrid hype. It's, yeah. It, yeah, obviously Ronaldo's still the better player. 
but the, the the stretch isn't but you know it's not a million miles off right it's in the ballpark it's just not better um late late real madrid Lewandowski's this Lewandowski is probably better than that guy but prime real madrid versus this Lewandowski, ronaldo superior but not by not not by a large margin it's the reason i bring it up is cuz cristiano ronaldo holds the podium well, actually, he shares third place with Lewandowski, but then he holds second and first all to himself for the most goals in a Champions League season, 17, 16, 15. Lewandowski, by being on that podium, is a serious goal scorer because he's <laughs> – you know what I mean? Like, this is probably the third best goal scorer ever for Champions Yeah, and, and he the, the record that, that Ronaldo had in, in 16, 17, Lewandowski would have shattered it last year in the game. If it was yeah, if it wasn't for COVID, and if, and if the it was uh, you know if there were two-legged affairs, yeah. because he scored 16, scoring pretty much every point of it, but half of those games there was a, there, there was a, an extra game that wasn't being played, so you don't really know or understand the the complex complexity of of what how how great you know Robert actually is. Essentially, a big what if in the history of football. No oh, God, man. But moving on, this Saturday. No, not this Saturday. What am I saying? Probably next Saturday. Chelsea, Man City, UEFA Champions League final. Mm-hmm. Who is your take? Who is your winner? Is it really a flip of the coin, like maybe an injury, or is this a one-team affair? I mean, it's it's kind of hard to kind of break down exactly what it is because it could go either way because Chelsea's been beating the you know, Man City what, twice this season under Tuchel. But Pep is just he's just another another level as far as all this. And, you know, people are having already. You know, is he the best manager ever? Conversations because of what he's been able to do. You know on you know on that stage and he continues to show how valuable he actually is um as far as teams it's going to come down to the individual battles it's going to be who's going to be more influential in this game is it going to be ruben diaz or is it going to be nagola conte Mm -hmm. because if chelsea win there's one way nagola conte's basically the way he's played over the last, you know, couple uh, couple games in the Champions League, and and so on and so forth. Now, Man City have different ways to win, which is why I'm picking them. Um, the reason I'm picking Man City is because Ruben Diaz being brilliant is not their only route to victory, but it's 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 their most promising one. But it's not their only one. With Chelsea, Nagola Conte masterclass is the only way they win. I don't see another way. Uh, because I don't have enough conviction with what they have going forward to really do it. Um, Christian Pulisic had a great season, especially lately, but you have to understand he's a product of a weak attacking team. That's why he's been able to have such, so, so much success over the last couple of champions of games is because they don't have a lot of options going forward. So be, like by default, he's become kind of the, a starring role in this team, but he would not be a starring role in a team that has, that has a, a, you know, an attacker that can, that can change a game. Um, and I, I think with Phil Fulton, with Riyad Mahrez, the way he's playing, just top, top to bottom, Man City have a better team. And they've been beaten by the Chelsea twice, which is going to be, I think it's going to play into the motivation uh, for Manchester City to, to win their first Champions League ever. I'll, I think Man City will win this um, 2-1. Uh, with, I don't know who's going to score, but I know that, uh, Unless the goal of Conte is ridiculous, I don't think there's another way that they win this. And I like Mason Mount a lot. I think he's probably their second best player, maybe. Um, but I just don't trust him enough in a game like this to deliver the goods for Chelsea. And I'm not expecting any of their big attackers to really show up because they haven't done it all season. So it's hard for me to pick Chelsea. And on the other thing, I, I picked against City every stage of the competition, and they made me look like a fool. So. I'm not. I, I've learned my lesson now. I'm going with uh, Manchester City to win it. Hmm. 
I have a feeling that City's going to win because even when they've lost to Chelsea, they've looked like the, the better team. It's yeah. sound nuts, but like they were the better team in that 2-1 loss. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and, and a lot of it is also the, the stupid penalty by Aguero. Yeah. If he takes a regular penalty, they probably, the, the result of the, the game is, is drastically different. And that would have been the league. They would have won it at home instead of beating Newcastle 7-0, <laughs> which was kind yeah. of like a, a pissed-off result. City tend to do that, you know. They get mad, they absolutely annihilate the next team. Like Watford, 8-0, <laughs> like a year or two ago. Yeah. That, I think that was the FA Cup final when they did that too. Mm. Wow. If I'm not mistaken. Because they had knocked out Arsenal, and then they went to the final, and then they got crushed by City. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of finals, what about the Europa League? It's Manchester United against Villarreal. Is there any uh, contest here? Wait, sorry, can you repeat that? Um, is there any contest here between Man United and Villarreal for the Europa League final? I, I got, I got a, a 1-0 win for Villarreal because the way they played the Arsenal game, all Arsenal needed was one goal, and they couldn't do it because uh, Villarreal was so organized defensively. They didn't allow anything to happen. Um, so I think... Villarreal's approach should be attacking early, giving an early goal from um, probably Marrero, maybe some of the other attackers they have there. And then they just suffocate um, Man United through the def- defense and through the, through the um, goalkeeping. And I think it'll be, I think it'll be a very low scoring game. Maybe it's two one, but I would guess it's a one goal, uh, one goal in the whole game. Um, I like Man- Manchester United have attacking options. They obviously have, have Bruno Fernandes and all that. But, I mean, I just trust Villarreal's defense to, to strangle them. I think it's a likely possibility, especially with Unai Emery, who, who knows how to win this competition. He very rarely doesn't win it. And I think three out of five Europa League campaigns, he's, he's holding the trophy. Even and, though he lost 4 one to Chelsea, he still got to the final with that Arsenal team. Yeah, exactly. So you look at that, you look at um, the, the center back they have. I think uh, Pau Torres, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good player, and, and he can disrupt what Bruno Fernandez and company will be able to do. Um, and I think – I just think they have something in them defensively to make things uncomfortable for Man United. Um, Man United aren't talking about going into the – they don't think it's over. They don't think that so from what, I, from what I'm hearing, they don't have arrogance about uh, how they're going to approach the final. Uh, so that's good. Um, so there won't be any mental advantages here. But I think from just a, a standpoint of Unai Emery has been here, done that. Um, go, uh, old Gunnar Solskjaer has not made the final yet. This is his first chance to, to prove something. But I think Villarreal is just a better team. And, and I think talent-wise, obviously, I mean, I have the most. But – this, I almost think this Villarreal team is, is, is built and designed to beat a team like Man United. So it heavily favors them. And they're, I mean, Man United's bet, betting odds in this, in this game are actually ridiculous. Um, almost, almost like the people making these, uh, making these decisions don't, are not watching football or don't know what they're seeing because of how lopsided they are. And they're going to be – Villarreal are big underdogs – and they and they they'll play into that, and then they'll use their defensive genius to shut them out. Um, and if they, you know, maybe not much better than Arsenal, but if they can shut them out the way they shut out Arsenal in the second leg and get an early goal in the first 15, 20 minutes, then you're good. Don't don't give anyone anything stupid. Don't give away a penalty. Don't give away a, a, a dangerous free kick. And I think Villarreal will will win it, but it's going to be very close. But again. Equally, Man United good, but I, I think Villarreal are, are are my pick to win it. And I'm going to say one nail for Villarreal, but Man United could still win it. I, I just I just think Villarreal. Um, I, I just I just think that's more likely. From that's why I see happening at least. I respect your opinion, and I think Villarreal are a great team, but I, I have a few feelings. I Go think ahead. It's be Man United. I think it's going to be Man United, but not by a lot. I think it's putting a one nil win from a Cavani, maybe counter. Who knows? They lost to Real Madrid today in some collapse in the in like last minute 
collapse where they yeah. were up for 87 minutes and then they lose to one. I get it. It's an away game. It's it's before a final. It doesn't really even matter in the end. Like they were kind of just trying to ruin Real Madrid's season. They weren't trying to win the game. I get that. But Real Madrid are not the biggest firepower in the attack. And I personally think that United have a better attack than Real Madrid this season. Yeah, you're probably right about that. But I think it, it all comes down to circumstances of, of moments. And I don't know. I just feel like Villarreal is – everybody's been overlooking them the whole competition. I just think this is this is the moment where they show that Man United you – know, because the second Man United got dropped to zero, people thought they were going to win without a game being played. And Villarreal had to fight through a lot of stuff this season in the Europa League. And I, I do think that they're going to end up with the trophy. If Man United end up with the trophy, then fine. But I just think that uh, that Unai Emery knows what he's doing in this competition. I'm not sure Ole Gunnar Solskjaer does, even though I respect him and he's been great this season. Um, in a game like this, it comes down to the millimeters or inches, however you want to say it. And I just trust that the defense can hold up against Man United. Um, sure, they could they could they could they be exposed, sure, but but I just have a feeling that Villarreal is here. But um, but then again, Man United could win too. So I don't you know I don't really have a pre- I would rather Villarreal win, but if Man United wins, I'm not gonna you know it's not gonna make me feel a certain type of way. But I just feel Villarreal this year. That's fair. Speaking of when I am really, like just thinking about managers for a second. Yeah. Do you think Arsenal's situation would change if they had a better manager? We know Chelsea's did, but would Arsenal's? Yeah, 100%. Um, if they had hired Carlo Angelotti instead of Unai Emery, or sorry, not, not um, but um, Arteta, I think they'd be in a much better situation. Um, Unai Emery, or sorry, I keep doing it. Arteta has to go. Um, I, I think the way they, they, they got, you know, their league performance, performance has been terrible at one point Burnley had more wins than they did um it's just been bad from back to front their team their individual players are underperforming and the only ones who have really shown up in a big way are the the young ones um so I I just don't think that that this is the answer they need to move on and all of a sudden the Arsenal fans aren't kind of shouting for for a new for the decision to be made and and that kind of and that concerns me. It's just, I just find it very confusing because the second Unai Emery lost a couple of games, you know, we need a new manager. Just, and then, and obviously they wanted Wenger out for a while, but but and they're they're giving him time, but they didn't give Unai Emery time, and he caught like probably yeah he could have turned it around. And it's because he used to play for Arsenal. And this is I hate this with all all of this. This is why I don't like former players getting jobs at their former clubs. If former players are going to be given jobs, I want them at clubs they do not play for. Because then you, you're going to have rational thinking. You can't have rational thinking when you think. And, and honestly, Arteta is more of a more of a Everton legend than he is an Arsenal legend. Um, and they're, they're giving him every pass in the book. And he, ha- he just has to go. His approach in the second leg of the Europa League was horrible. And I, I'm hearing this from all – but I just don't understand why – how you can keep him. Um, it's not the biggest issue. The biggest issue is ownership. But there's, there's some big managers out there this summer. Uh, again, Arsenal will have a difficult time getting one because they're not a marketable uh, – they're not an interesting place to, be, to, to want to coach. Um, no, no European football, no funds, and a toxic fan base. I'm sorry, but, like, the fans – No, they are. Well, they're absolutely right when they say cranky out. That's true. They're also toxic with Wenger. Like, Wenger did so much for the club. I, I really like Arsenal, and I wish Ryan was here because he'd probably tell you the same thing. Yeah. I'm pretty and... sure Wenger, Wenger had to be the scapegoat of what was going on behind the scenes. And yeah. I'm sad that their most successful manager ever had to take to the grave that reputation because Arsenal have been worse and worse and worse ever since he left. Yeah, the amount of abuse that he took was was mind-boggling. I mean, it's it's, it's almost as if they're not familiar with what he did for the club. Again, was he becoming kind of a dinosaur in his later years? Yeah, but that dinosaur is better than the, you know, the, the, what, they, what they've had uh, since then. Um, 
Arsenal is, is going to, it's, I mean, I don't like to say this because Ryan's a really big Arsenal fan and I, I, I don't want to, you know, think negatively about his club, mm-hmm. but they could turn into Nottingham Forest, genuinely. If, or like the they, old AC Milan, like 2014 to 2019 Milan. Yeah, and I get that. That's, and AC Milan's a good example, but I, I kind of uh, I contrast a Barcelona without Messi kind of going to that level. But um, you look at you look at Arsenal's team, and I don't think they'll get relegated. Any, I don't think they ever will. At least not not in the recent years. But if it was to collapse, you could see them drop very low in the table and have to fight for their lives. Um, and and I'm not saying it's going to happen. But if you look at the construct of their team, you can see there's enough gaps in it. If if you poke, you know, if you poke it one more time, you know the water is just going to burst. That's because it smells like Schalke. A little. I I thought about that, but I thought that was too mean uh, because <laughs> I I don't want to uh, again offend Brian or, or or the good Arsenal fans. But it's, there's a there's not enough quality for one, but there's not an uh, to to you know to to do something. But there's there's. Uh, but it's not enough quality even. If there was something tragic to happen, do they have individuals that are so talented that they wouldn't allow uh, a Schalke situation to happen? I'm not sure about that because I think Arsenal could face those type of horrors. And again, my club isn't necessarily in a better position, uh, in a drastically better position where we're, we're coming back. But, but so I'm not, I'm not sitting up here acting as if my club is winning Champions Leagues. But, but they could collapse if, they, if certain decisions go the wrong way. And I don't, I don't want them to get relegated. I hope they stay up. And, uh, I, I don't even want to say that, but I hope there, there's never a situation like that. But it didn't take very long for, for Schalke to, to implode. It took one, one of their best players to leave for the whole thing to go to, to, to fold. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, all due respect to the Premier League, I think the bottom half to mid-table of the Bundesliga is better than the bottom half to mid-table of the Premier League. So I don't think they'd ever go to the level where they would get relegated, but I could see them finishing like a 15th if, they, if things don't start going in a better direction. Fair, fair, fair. Speaking of Syria, or at least mm-hmm. your team, so do you think that the top four is going to be – do you think the Juventus are going to make the top four? Um, yes, but only because AC Milan has a handful – uh, uh, tomorrow. I mean, Zabata and Moriel, again, they're in great form. They haven't lost since March 8th against Inter. Before that, they had, they've, got, they've gone months without losing. They're in a great form. Uh, they're coming off a Copa Italia final loss, so maybe AC Milan can use that to, to try to dictate themselves and try to beat them. Yeah. But I think Zabata is playing his, his final game as, as a, an Alonso player tomorrow. Um, I don't know if that's true, but it should be true because he should. He's the way he's been treated in this situation. He he should want to leave, and he not only should he want to leave, he should demand to leave. And I I don't recommend that for very many players. But considering that he's the second greatest player they've ever had, and he's disrespected within his own team, he's disrespected by the media and disrespected by his coach. So I think he's playing his last game with Alonso tomorrow, which only is going to inspire him to put it uh, to put on a show because last time they played each other he put on a show where um you know Juventus have Bologna who I'll have Musa Barro is a nice player Orsolini's not been great this season but he can turn it on they they got some good players on that team no doubt but I don't think it's enough Juventus are in a better position to, to sort of get to the get to the Champions League next season um but you just don't know Bologna have beaten some teams that they should not have beaten. Um, but I don't think AC Milan are winning tomorrow. And I think I don't think there's a scenario where that is the case. Um, they can throw Zabata or Muriel or, uh, you know, there's a lot of different options how they can. And Milan are just, outside of that big win against Juventus, they haven't been that great lately. But maybe they turn it on just enough to get through. But I think it's going to be really difficult considering who Alonso has for, going for them. Didn't Atalanta qualify already for the Champions League? 
They did. Um, but this is a big game. And Alonso shows up to every big game outside of a fluky draw with uh, uh, with Roma. But outside of that, they pretty much deliver on every big game match that they have. Um, and the thing about that is, again, AC Milan are a good team. They're not a great team. So, you know, Alonso have a great a great player, maybe two, maybe, maybe in, in a bunch of good ones. So if you take Zabata out and you compare Alonso to, to AC Milan, Alonso is still better. You put Zabata in, they become significantly better. Um, they're in second. They could, if they win, I believe they finish second. And I think that's something that would be really something special for Alonso to do. So I think you can make the argument that, yeah, they're, they're qualified. But I, I do think there'll be motivation for them to finish uh, second in the league. But again, maybe maybe a draw is enough to do it. But I, I don't know. I, I think I think it's AC Milan is likely not to pick up the points. Um, but you just never know. But I, I just think Alonso hasn't lost a game and in, in, against a non-inter team in a long time. And I, I just don't think they're gonna they're gonna take the foot out the gas at the end. But maybe they do. Maybe Milan qualifies, but it just depends on the circumstances. If Juventus do not qualify for the Champions League, will Cristiano Ronaldo still be there next season? I don't think so. Um, the problem is, I don't. The perfect solution for him, and the this is the the best thing he can do for his career right now, is to go back to Portugal and go to Sporting. They're just coming off their first title in thirty years. Um, there's an, there was an Instagram video of his mother dancing on, on a balcony in Portugal with the sporting, uh, uh, t-shirt on celebrating it. Um, do, do have, they have the funds? Maybe, I don't think so, but they said that they would be, that Juventus, if certain circumstances arise and they didn't make the champions, like they would take offers in, in the, uh, in the 50 to 60 um, range, and that's that's affordable for for sporting. It would ha- it would have they would have to burn their entire transfer budget, but but it'd be worth it in the end. Um, going back to Man United is possible, um, but I, I just don't see it happening. If if they didn't sign Cavani, I think it makes sense. But you you don't re-sign Cavani and sign Ronaldo. It just doesn't make sense. Those, it's just too much age on your team. Um, and you know, Ronaldo loves. Man United and Man United love Ronaldo, um, and for good reason. He was so great for them. But I think the thing that a lot of people forget is Ronaldo was he asked to leave. If we weren't in the social media age, at least not to the, to the extent that we are now. When someone when Harry Kane wants to leave, it's it's front page news all over all over the world. At the time, Ronaldo pushed himself out. He was he was Sir Alex basically convinced him to stay one more season. He wanted to leave the year before he did. And I think a lot of Man United fans pretend that that didn't happen, but it 100% happened because in the documentary they did about him, that was, that was, that they told that story. Um, so, but again, I think, I think they'd still welcome him back. And I think, but I don't think Santa Ronaldo is, is the move here. You get Jaden Sancho, you do whatever you can to get Jaden Sancho. That's your signing. If Ronaldo's your mark, keeps signing next season, then you just, you're handing City the, the, the league. Basically, next City are getting, City are going for Holland. Whether they're getting him or not, who knows? But they're they are going for him. They're gonna go for him. But this, I don't think Holland moves this season. They made the Champions League. He just won a trophy. He's not leaving. Um, maybe next season. Um, but they're they're somebody. But I, I'll say I think they're gonna get Harry Kane. Honestly. Oh my God! If they get Harry Kane, it's over. It's gonna it's gonna be Juventus. Don't you think? Wait, oh, with the agree. I agree. Yeah. That's what they're missing. That's all they're missing. That's it. <laughs> That's the best striker in the league. <laughs> yeah, and, and in in the league, it's not even close. The distance between Lewandowski and everyone else is the distance between Harry Kane and the rest of the strikers in the Premier League. Um, Especially with the age. He's like 27, right? Yeah, and I think – because I think Harry Kane wants to break the Alan Tears record, and that's not going to happen if he goes to Spain. Um Man United, I don't think they're going to go for him. I don't think they're going to. He's going to be interested in that. Maybe Chelsea could get. I just think City is, is the obvious one. So I think Holland's um, departure from Dortmund, not this season, next season. I think it's going to be in Spain. I just don't. Th- I don't. 
I don't see them this as as him going to uh, the city because I think City are gonna hire uh, sign Harry Kane. Therefore, he that that uh, Manchester City won't need to hire sorry, sign Holland next summer. Um, so I think you get one or the other. You're not getting both. If you sign if you sign Harry Kane, you're probably you're out of the Holland business for next season. Uh, so I think it's that's that's the big one for City, and I think. Uh, they need San- Man United and Sancho, and Chelsea needs a center forward that, that could score goals. I kind of like Zabata um, for that. Chelsea fans would, would, would criticize him and pretend that, that, that he's not good and all this stuff um, just because I, 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 I don't think that, um, that he would be re- – he, re- he wouldn't get the hype surrounding it, but a signing like that for Chelsea could push them to the brink as well. But – for Man United, it's Sancho. It's not Ronaldo. If you sign Ronaldo and you, but not Sancho, and I don't think you can afford them both. You have to do one or the other. Um, and I think I think Ronaldo to Man United is a nice story, but it's a story I've seen before. I don't like. I typically don't like players going back to their former clubs, unless there's a story that's that's been untold. You know, you go back there, you win the chance to Man United, but he's won the chance to Man United. So, um, I don't know where he would go if it's not Sporting. Maybe PSG, maybe something like that. But it's it's really hard for me to say what would happen. But I don't think he's he's not going to be on this team if they don't make the Champions League. I I I don't think there's any chance that that'll, that'll happen. Do you think he should have gone to PSG in 2018? Um, was that before Mbappe joined? No, that was actually the season after Mbappe joined. So it would have been Mbappe, Neymar, Cristiano Ronaldo. Wow. Uh, I, I guess. But at the same time, I think the look, the Juventus thing has not worked out necessarily from a trophy standpoint. Uh, you know, that he just won the Copa Italia, but he hadn't the first two years he was there. The, the team got worse when he joined, the, at least the first year. Um, and actually, they, they've declined every time, ever since he's been there. Hasn't won the Champions League. But if you look at Ronaldo's resume, for him to go from um, Real Madrid to Juventus, score 100 uh, league goals, uh, and become the fastest player to score 50 as well, um, I think that looks better on Ronaldo's resume than it, if he goes to PSG and starts smashing records. From a trophy standpoint, sure. But from, a, uh, from legacy, even though Juventus has not worked out, the fact that he went there and dominated the league, at least number-wise, does better for his the way he's looked at in the future than if he had gone to PSG and just joined a super team. That's fair. Italy has the best defense in the world. So if he went there and he proved that he can win the leagues and he can score goals, and especially yeah. as, a, as a dinosaur right now, <laughs> then he can do it anywhere. Right, and and he... Okay, the Juventus since he plays were crap. I mean... <laughs> So that makes him look better also because he he's the – last year, Dybala was the man. But the other two years, if Ronaldo doesn't do what he does, Juve, Juve isn't having the season that they had. And he did win the league twice. Um, and, you know, so – and that first year, he was tremendous. It's just never – the Champions League thing just didn't, didn't work out. But, I mean – it just looks better though on his resume. If he scores a hundred and whatever goals for PSG or Juventus, the Juventus thing looks better. His whole comments about a challenge, this was not a challenge because they had won the league the previous six, six or seven years before he got there. So I thought his initial comments when he joined was, was just, it's just, that's just not in the, he doesn't that, those statements don't exist in the real world. But I would say for his legacy, for his career, a Juventus move, even though kind of failed, it just looks better on his on his resume and his career. And if he had gone to PSG and won the Champions, which he probably would have, but I I think from just a um, considering what he went from to what he went to, I think he made the right choice. Again, the project has failed because they didn't win the Champions League, but he's got the he's got the numbers. He's got he's got some league titles. He's won the Copa Italia now, so it's not a bad, um, you know, three whatever it is, three years. It's not what he wanted, but it's it, the conclusion of this isn't isn't horrible because of that. 
Speaking of Champions Leagues, I can't wait to see who wins between Man City and Chelsea next week. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. All right, Elliot? Yeah. This has been a great episode, and I hope you guys enjoy. Catch us next week, and take care, guys. Have a good one.